Hello? <laughs> Shut your pie hole. Hello there. Welcome to Big Dimmy Energy. How do you guys think this is going? What more do you want to hear from me? DM me and let me know. And also, subscribe, rate, and review. I want to know what you guys think. I feel like I'm getting better at this. My interviews are going more smoothly. Um, but I want to know what y'all want me to talk about. So I'm not really sure. Uh, this week was crazy. This weekend, I hung out with my dear friend Nick, and we got day drunk. And I got way too drunk. And I woke up and I was so hungover that I ordered six Italian ices and couldn't eat any of them. You know, like whenever you're so hungover, it feels like the night before, maybe you died from alcohol poisoning and like part of your soul is missing and you woke up in a parallel universe. That's pretty much how I was feeling. And it was it was awful. I didn't think I was going to make it, but I'm still here. We're good. Um, I also last week, I think it was last week, I saw Hannah Brown. Don't worry, we were all masked up. Um, I saw her and Heather for a little bit. We hung out and, uh, she's doing great. We had the best time catching up. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, are they still friends? Yes, we are still friends. We are those friends. We don't have to talk all the time to know, like whenever we do talk, it's like no time has gone by. Um, I really miss her still though. It was so nice to see her. I have been rewatching Parks and Rec in the office and it's been really boring. Um, and I've just been playing Animal Crossing. Nothing too exciting going on over here in my life. Uh, feeling a lot better and a lot better, better mental place, especially today. Uh, feeling good about like moving on with my life and, you know, doing what I need to do. Doing what's best for me and, you know, just like healing and stuff. Been masturbating a lot, but that's probably TMI. But everyone should if you're into that. I'm really thinking about moving. I live in Sherman Oaks, but I'm thinking about moving to Marina Del Rey because that's where Katie just moved to. And every time I'm there, it's just so nice down there in Marina. Like it's a different vibe, very peaceful. And yeah, I'm kind of like in a neighborhood-ish area right now. And I don't think I need to be in a neighborhood yet. I want to be by the beach. I want to be living my best life. And Katie's there. Oh, I have also been watching RuPaul's Drag Race, and it is almost the finale. I think the finale is this week, actually. Yeah, it is. It's on Friday. Uh, so we have Jujube, Ms. Cracker, and Shea Coulee. That's who's left. And either Jujube or Shay, either of them win. I don't care. I love them both so much. Jujube is so funny, and Shay is incredible, iconic. I really love Jujube, and she's a cat mom. Like, we would be besties, I feel like. If you guys haven't ever watched Drag Race, you really need to check it out. It's so good, especially if you love like competition shows. It's my favorite competition show out there. I'm obsessed with RuPaul so much. I love RuPaul. RuPaul, come on my podcast. I don't even know what I would say. I would freeze up so much and be so nervous. <laughs> I know that I said that Reality Steve was going to be my guest this week, but we had to switch some things around in the schedule. So I will get him on eventually. What do you guys think I should talk to him about? I really need some help with that. I'm not here to argue with him or anything. I just wanted to chit-chat. Uh, just, it, he seems interesting. I don't really have any qualms. I mean, he's probably said bad things about me, but I've said bad things about people too, so who cares? Life's too short. But I am excited for the guest that I am having today. She is so funny, and after talking with her I'm obsessed with her she's like my new best friend after the interview we ended up actually facetiming for like hours after just talking um she's been very very helpful she's really good advice and I don't know I just feel like she's like my soul sister you know I feel her in my heart and she's a really awesome person and she's hilarious and so she runs the daddy issues instagram which I know a lot of people follow so I was very honored to welcome the enigma that is Violet Benson. So hi, Violet. This is so cool. Like, I know I've never really talked to you before, but I'm really excited that we're going to do this today. I'm very honored to be talking to one of the funniest women on the internet. And I really wanted to congratulate you on your success with Daddy Issues. I love the page and it's really relatable and always gives me a good laugh. 
Oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you so much. I try. Oh, well, you try really hard and you do a really good job. Like, I want to know because um, I didn't know it was you for a while doing it. And then I like made the connection, like whenever you like revealed yourself and like, this is who you are. And that was in like, was it 2014 or 2015? Um, I think when I revealed myself, it may have been 2016. Okay. And then when did you start it though? 2000, the end of 2014. And then I quit my job beginning of 2015. Yeah. Something like that. Like take off automatically? Um, no, I think it took like, I would say it took like, um, eight months before I quit my job. Cause I used to be an accountant. So before, so then it took like eight months. I feel like when the first time that I, it made it seem like, Oh my God, like somebody cares about my meme page. Cause back then, like not the meme pages are not cool now. Like they're so cool, of course. But back then there was like less meme, pe- meme accounts. So I think it was, they were more noticeable if there was a big one. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think like the first time that I noticed that like maybe my meme page is cool if people are noticing it when I had my first celebrity, which was Joe Jonas to follow me. And then I was like, oh my God, I like made a joke to my friend. Like I quit my, I'm going to quit. Like Joe Jonas follows me. That's it. It's over. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is incredible. And like, especially around that time, like in 2014, it was really scary. Like, I don't know how you... Um, like what you started with what kind of content but I mean it was called daddy issues and so like I know that back in 2014 it was kind of still like a little scary to be so outwardly talking about the kind of things that you know you post about and a lot of people were really judgy still back then now it's like okay yeah like I like to have sex and I like to get blacked out and I'm a bad bitch but back then it was still kind of rocky so it like makes me really proud of you that you're really brave enough to start that. Well, I think that's why my page managed to launch. And when there were B writings on it, like, for example, like Vanity Fair named me in 2015, like uh, Vanity Fair named me Meme Queen and like MTV named me as uh, the most like um, out there female meme account that's there for females. So I think back then, I think that's how I was able to grow because it was so relatable to women. But the reason I was anonymous was because I didn't have the self-confidence to be that bad bitch. Like I looked up to this girl and she wasn't me because when I started my page, I was insanely depressed. Like, uh, like that was literally an escape for me. And I was anonymous because I didn't know who I was. So it, it was cool that when I was, when I created this meme page and it became my obsession because there was nothing else in my life, in my brain, at least, you know, like I was just like so miserable that it was like my escape, my only friend. So because I was so obsessed with it, it was when I would see other, um, when I would see followers tagging their friends and be like, oh my God, that's so me. I was like, oh, so it's okay. That's so cool. It's just not like, I'm not the only one to feel like this. So if anything, I feel like the, the, the followers and the fans of daddy issues like saved me in a lot of ways. And like, help form who I am today. And the more I kept, I, the more I was creating daddy issues, the more I was like, huh, maybe this is me. And it became, to, it came from like me looking up to this girl that I thought I could never be to me feeling comfortable in my own skin. So I became daddy issues to me, like surpassing this insecure girl and becoming super confident in my skin. But now I, again, I look at daddy issues as a, my alter ego. It's no longer me because I've passed those insecurities in my life. That's so beautiful. I'm so sorry, like, you were in such a bad place before, you know, like, I totally get it. Like, whenever I went on The Bachelor, I kind of had a similar experience. Like, I was just, uh, I was very insecure, very sad, very anxious. I mean, I still am sometimes. But uh, once I went on The Bachelor, and I was like, okay, like, this persona, like, that I'm being, like, it feels right, and it feels good. And like, I'm getting good feedback from it and like people like this person and this is a person I feel like I actually have always been I've just been so insecure to show it because I've been so scared of what people will think and then whenever like people are celebrating that and they're like oh my god I love Demi she's so funny she's so this and I was like this is who I am and people like it and it's really empowering and but it is really scary too but it definitely took me out of the dark place I was into do you still struggle with like depression and anxiety and stuff like that Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I feel like I feel like I've gotten better, and I I would say one of my worst episodes of depression was three years ago, and I've even talked about it on my on my podcast. It's uh, this podcast called Too Tired to Be Crazy, but uh, it's this one episode about depression where I differentiated I did from research I differentiated the difference between um, when you're feeling sad, feeling depressed versus being depressed, and I think that kind of helps your brain once you understand those three categories. It helps your brain understand where you're at and then you can figure out how to get out of it 
in whatever it is that helps you to get out of it. Um, but uh, three years ago, I was in really bad depression to the point that I didn't realize I was depressed until until one day I was out with a bunch of friends and I lost my voice. Because usually, you know, like funny people are usually tend to be the most anxious and depressed because mm-hmm. they light of everything. So I remember like it was the first time that I lost my voice. So I couldn't make jokes about anything. And I like to write a lot. So I wrote some random poem about this, my friend that we uh, lost our friendship. And I showed it to my other friend. I was like, oh, and I was like, read this, you know, miming it to him because I couldn't talk. And <laughs> he, he read it and he looked at it and he goes, are you okay? And oh. it was like, the first time that anyone has ever asked me in a while if I'm okay. So then I remember I was just like silent because I can't talk. And my brain was like, oh my God, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Because like, I was like, wait, am I okay? Luckily, other people walked into that room. So like, we didn't have to continue the conversation. But then I went home. And when I went home, I sat down and I wrote this like poem about how I was feeling. And I forgot about it and I went to sleep. And the next day I woke up. And when I woke up and I read it, I was like in shock. And I think that's when I realized that I was really depressed. Because I was like, who is this girl in this, in, this, on this, in this poem? Like, she sounds suicidal. Like, is that really me? And I think that's when I realized like, okay, I'm depressed. Okay, what's the next steps? And then like I told my mother about it and then we like cried on the phone about it. And then I figured out ways to get better. And that was probably like one of the hardest times of my depression, not including before we started daddy issues, but I still get in those moments. Like like this weekend, I, I was feeling sad. I was feeling depressed. I wasn't depressed. But like today, if I didn't have work to do, um, or also like this, this call and all that, like I would probably still be in bed and feeling bad for myself. But just some days you just, some days are not that great. And then some days are great. But like, I think as long as you admit it, that's how you get through it. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. Um, And I totally agree with you. Like, I, this is the only thing I've like done today. Like I have been like in my bed or on the couch all day because I am kind of in a weird place right now with my breakup and stuff. Um, But I mean, it's okay. Like it's life. I'll get through it. Um, But I'm really sorry that that happened to you. And like, I know that feeling. I remember, uh, you know, the times whenever I was at my lowest point and I remember like one of them, I was living at home. I, I think I was like 21 or 22 and my um, I was home alone because my parents were at work and I called my dad and I was like, when are you going to be home? And he's like, I'm pulling into the driveway. And I like ran out to the driveway and I was just like bawling my eyes out. And I was like, dad, I'm so sad. And I, I, I know I don't want to like kill myself, but I'm, I keep thinking about it. And like, I can't, it's freaking me out. And like, it was such a low, low point. And like you said, you talked to your mom. Like, I feel like parents are just like this, like a uh, very comfortable place. Like if it's, you know, a parent that has, that you love and is always taking care of you. And you are just like, this is a cry for help. And my dad was like, what do you want to do? Like, should we play games? Like, let's play board games. Let's play video games, whatever you want. And it was really scary because it was like things that I just like festered up in my head for so long. And then like finally getting them out there and talking about them and acknowledging them and knowing what the feelings were did really help and helps you cope with it. It's crazy, but I feel like I've tried to describe is that the minute, because the one thing that they say about depression is that depression is the most exclusive club out there because you think no one else is a part of it. And it's the hardest to be, to get in, even though in reality, there's a lot of people that are a part of this club, just no one talks about it. And I think like when you hold it in, you hold it in, it misery becomes your, um, your best friend. And then when I told my mom that I was depressed, it felt like, holy shit, like this is no longer my secret. And I think that's what, why for me was the first step, like just saying out loud, like I'm depressed, like I'm not okay. Then I, I felt like I could breathe again. Like, oh, the, I, like the hardest part is already over. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite things to do in the morning is drink a cup of tea in bed while I wake up. I love snuggling in my bed and sipping on a warm beverage to start my day. But what's the best part about snuggling in bed? The sheets that go in it. Go with Brooklinen, home of the internet's favorite sheets. Brooklinen sheets have changed the game for the bedroom. I get so excited to crawl into bed every night and cozy up. They make for a good nap, too. They are high-quality sheets at a low price. Brooklinen was founded in early 2014 by husband and wife duo Rich and Vicky Fulop. They wanted to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. Today, they are on a mission to make you comfortable. Brooklinen sheets come in many different materials, so I can pick the right sheets that are perfect for me. My personal favorite are their linen products, airy and effortlessly chic, made with the highest quality flax in the world. 
I especially love their linen robes so I can get ready in the morning without getting too warm. Brook Linen Sheets are the perfect place to start making your mornings great. Brook Linen is so confident in their product that all of their bedding comes with a lifetime warranty. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code DEMI only at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Brook Linen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. I remember I was looking at your um, daddy issues page and I was scrolling through and I saw this one and it was like uh, people with anxiety because I have very, very bad anxiety. Like I'm a very, very anxious person and a lot of people don't know that. But like you said, funny people, we cope by being funny and loud and like, you know, inappropriate and stuff to cover up like those feelings we have inside of us because we don't want to feel those things. So we're like, I'm just gonna, you know, around and be silly. Um, but, and it said like anxious people rewatch shows that they've already seen because they know what's going to happen and, um, it makes them have comfort. And then your caption was something like, that's why we're all rewatching the office. And I was literally sitting there watching the office and I was like, I feel so attacked right now. But that's so true. It's so crazy. Like, I love doing all that research. I feel like that makes so much sense. And another, there's another thing about uh, people with anxiety, because I tend to watch, um, sometimes I watch scary movies before I go to bed. And some people said it was weird. And I Googled about it. And it says a lot of other people with anxiety tend to watch scary films before they go to bed, because it's the only time that your brain, it's like, oh, I know this isn't real. So that's why it's like, I totally feel that. So, so then it takes away from your own anxiety because you see someone else's anxiety, but you know it's not real. Like as long as you're not afraid of things like that. Like yeah. I'm not. So to me, I'm like, oh, it's not real. So then I don't have to think about my own issues. I just see someone else like screaming because, you know, they got possessed or something. I don't know. I totally feel that because I, I do know whenever I watch a scary movie, I'm always thinking like, this isn't real. And this is like so cool. Like this whole team put the, all this together. Like where's the art department? I want to give them a personal handshake and stuff. Um, but let me ask you this, because the one thing that I, I can't do scary movies at night, because I will, no matter what, inevitably, I will dream about it because I have very vivid dreams. Do you dream? Um, yeah, I do dream. I do have very vivid dreams. I think it depends. Like, I think it depends a lot if you eat before you go to bed, uh, what you're eating, um, if you have lack of sleep. But I do have a lot of dreams. But a lot of times I also can't, like, I feel like, I feel like when I've been reading about it and I've been seeing that a lot of people have had crazy vivid dreams during um covid and everything that's been happening a lot of people have been having weird dreams so i think it's your body like just trying to get through all the anxiety and everything happening at once because research found that i read i read a lot of research i love that i love that but research found that your a human brain is not supposed is not capable of going through a lot of trauma at once so the reason we're all probably having crazy vivid dreams right now during this time is because too many events are happening at once and our, our brains are not you like our human brains are not supposed to go through all that. So we're all still trying to process everything slowly. That's really interesting. Um, I, I'm like the nightmare queen. Like I have nightmares every night, uh, pretty much like it's, it's really intense. Do you ever have, I just, I'm really fascinated on this dream thing. And I want to know what you dream about, like your nightmares or like if, if you have reoccurring dreams or any weird, like sleep patterns or something. You know, what's so weird. I feel like at one point, I wish I could remember this dream, but for the longest time I had a reoccurring dream like every year or two until one day I decided to take control of my dreams and I started telling myself, hey, you're dreaming. And like, I don't know how I was able to do it, but like one time I had a dream that like it was like effing inception. I like had a nightmare and I was like, wake up, wake up. And then I wake up and I'm in my room, everything's fine. And then something about scary about about to happen. I go, you're you're still sleeping, wake up, wake up. And then I wake up again and I was still sleeping sorry I didn't mean to curse but I was still sleeping and I was like because it was like something really scary is about to happen I can't even tell you and it felt so real it was so confusing oh I know exactly what you're talking about that happens to me weekly Uh, oh yeah it happens to me all last night I had a dream and in my dream I was falling asleep and so I fell asleep in my dream on a mattress naked in a hallway it was so random and like then I was dreaming in my dream And I was dreaming about like some murderer trying to like, he was like yelling down this hallway. It was like the craziest thing. And then like, I had to wake up out of that one dream. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And I went to like my fake apartment in my dream. And then I fell asleep again. And I went back into another dream. It was like crazy. And it's always nightmares. It's always me like trying to get away from someone. And then um, have you ever had like experienced sleep paralysis? Yes. 
I have it almost every day of my life. It's Shut the, up. There's it's, no, no way. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. I need to go see a dream specialist. How do you even go to sleep? Um, because the reason, like the way that I get it usually, like I don't take naps because it always happens with naps. But if I'm going to sleep at night and I wake up in the morning and then I try to go back to sleep, that's whenever it happens. But it's not scary for me anymore because I've been having it since I was a kid. I've had it my whole life really chronically. And so I just wake myself up and then like, cause I have like a tactic. I'm like, oh my God, this is happening again. Whereas whenever it used to happen and I was scared of it, I was like, oh my God, I can't get up. I can't get up. And I'd have panic attacks in my sleep and I'd wake up like drenched in sweat. But now I have heart attacks from that. Oh, don't tell me that. Now I'm just like, this is really annoying. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And I like, my eyes are closed and I know where I'm at. And I'm like, all right, one, two, three. And I try to open my eyes. But a lot of the time they won't open because they feel like they're like a thousand pounds each. And then sometimes they'll open and I'll like see the world and then boom, they close right back. It's just sleep a matter paralysis, of paralysis. Is that when, is that when you, your body freezes? Yeah. So sleep paralysis is when your brain has shut down, you're in REM sleep. So it shuts down all of your muscles. So you don't act out your dreams, but your mind is aware that you're sleeping and that like you're, I don't know, it's, it's kind of complicated, but it's just like your, your brain has shut down your muscles cause you're in REM, but you are aware of the fact that you're asleep and like, you feel the need, like I have to get up. I have to get up. I have to get up. And so whenever you do get up, like, I feel so groggy, but I'm just like, I have to walk around. I can't sit here because this is going to happen again. And it's so crazy because, like, you'll be trying to yell for people to wake you up and, like, nobody will. But that's so scary. I think there's, like, uh, some really low percentage of people that have had sleep paralysis while they were getting surgery and they were, like, awake for it and they were trying to sleep. Very small percentage, though. I read about it where – they were awake during surgery and they were like, so they can feel everything and they want to say something, but they can't like speak or like, or something like that. Can they feel the pain? Yeah. Oh my God. But one time I had a dream where I was, uh, one very few times I've had this type of dream where my, like, I guess if that sleep paralysis where my body was just frozen and I woke up and I thought there was like a demon or something scary in my room happening. And like, I was just paralyzed. Like I couldn't move and I couldn't scream. And I just was like, in my dream, okay, this is a dream. This must be a dream. And I couldn't tell if it was real life or a dream. I still have no idea if that happened or not. So that is terrifying. And I'm so sorry you experienced that. I have experienced that as well. And a lot of people that have experienced sleep paralysis go through this too. And the way that I deal with it, because it used to happen to me all the time. And there would even be times where I felt like it was pressing on my chest and like terrifying. But now that I'm so aware of it, and I know that a lot of people who go through sleep paralysis, they see the same thing. It's a figment of your imagination. And I just tell myself like, this is not real. And it stopped coming around. That's good. I mean, wow, that's really good that you train yourself like that. Also, a lot of people when they have dreams, I've been I've read about it that if it's color, then it's that's what's supposed to calm you down. Like if it's color, then it's fake. And if it's black and white, then it may happen. And then there's like and there's like a lot of other facts on it, but another way that your brain is it's your brain subconsciously is trying to work through your issues. So when you're sleeping, when you're dreaming about things, that doesn't mean it's real. It just means that you're thinking about specific problems or people. And also a lot of times um, I've read that, and this happened in my experience and my mom's experience that um, if somebody that you love passes away or you lose a loved one, you tend to dream about them. And a lot of times it it can even become nightmares and it's because you're not letting them go. So you have to like accept the fact that they're gone in order to let their soul move past this world, and then you stop dreaming about them. Hmm. That makes me feel so many things. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Dreams are insane. Like, dreaming is just, it's so crazy to me. I, I definitely need to see a specialist. Um, you know blind people can't, um, can't, if, uh, even if you were, you, they could see for the longest time. By the way, I don't know if I sound ignorant by saying the word blind. Like, I don't know if there's another word for it. English is my third language. So I'll just say blind. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Uh, but uh, people who, who even people who used to have their sight, if they lose their sight eventually and they become blind, eventually they start to lose all their memories and they'll start to also, they won't see anything. They won't dream um, after a long time because, because after a while they forget um, what it's like to see anything. So eventually they'll lose all their memories as well. And they won't be able to dream anything in their dreams. Wow. I had no idea. That yeah. is 
bizarre. Wow. I don't know why I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what were you looking up that day? I love that you love to research things because if I don't know about something, I'm the same way. I will be reading articles for hours and like the first human I come into contact with, I'm like, did you know about this? I'm like, I got to tell you all about topsoil right now. <laughs> Literally. And then someone's like, okay, so like, where's a, where's a, Texas on the map and I'll be like yeah so I don't know and they'll be like really <laughs> like you know the most random fact but you don't know geography yeah I believe performance matters I've been wanting to start using more natural products for a while but they have to perform to my standards they have to be able to keep me smelling fresh and clean all day that's why I want to tell my listeners that they should really check out native my native deodorant doesn't just keep my pits from stinking it is made better Native has ingredients like coconut oil and shea butter. Yay, soft armpits! It's also vegan and is never tested on animals. I know we have all heard of aluminum in your deodorant being bad for you. It forms a plug in your sweat glands to prevent sweating. Native never uses ingredients like aluminum, parabens, sulfates, or talc. Switching to aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice on odor protection. Native keeps those armpits smelling good and fresh all day long. They have over 10 scents and rotating seasonals, so there's a scent out there for everyone. Their most popular classic scents are coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and citrus and herbal. My favorite is the coconut and vanilla. It smells so sweet and delicious. I love Native because it doesn't get cakey in my armpits like previous deodorants have. Native is risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S., Plus, free 30-day returns and exchanges, so you can try some out and find your perfect scent. See why so many people love Native and check out their over 14,000 five-star reviews. They also have the Native newsletter that includes updates, so I know about rotating scents to try. Do what I did and make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com Demi or use promo code Demi at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O dot com slash Demi or use promo code Demi at checkout for 20% off your first order. English is your third language. What other languages did you start off with? I can tell you like a little bit of an accent, but like I can't pinpoint what it is. <laughs> um, so I was born in St. Petersburg, Russia. So I'm from Russia. Go Soviet <laughs> Union. I'm kidding. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> uh, well, do there? I actually don't know. No, no, uh, I'm, well, I'm Jewish, so it's a very different for Jewish people back then in Russia during communism, so it's not like people did not like us back then, which is why we then escaped and moved to Israel when I was one, um, and then we, my family and I won the green card lottery when I was 14, and we moved to the U.S. What is the green card lottery? Like, what do you mean? I don't so know. I'm a little bit, um, like, uninformed and maybe a little well, bit. A lot of people don't know. It's actually, like, I didn't know it wasn't, like, a, a normal thing. Like, I didn't know most Americans or a lot of people don't know what that is. Tell me all about it. It just basically, I don't know how it works now, because obviously when it happened to me, it was 15, 14, 15 years ago. But back, so I'm sure it was easier back then. But the green card lottery is something that you enter in the U.S. And we basically were in New York for the first time for my bar mitzvah, and we're visiting my far uncle or cousins I don't really have family we because of because I'm Ashkenazi Jewish and we don't really have that much family usually people like me so when we were there um my second uncle whatever he was to us told my dad like oh while you're here just like apply for the green card lottery and my dad was like no that's so silly and he goes just do it like you never know what's gonna happen and he was like okay and my dad applied for it and then a year later we got a call um on the phone and it was in English and they're like, hey, is your mom or dad here, uh, like at home? And I was like, okay. And then I found out that we won the green card lottery. And then when you win, you still have to go. You still have to pay thousands of dollars for it. So you have to be able to afford it. And so then, it's not really a lottery. <laughs> no. You have to pay thousands of dollars. You have to go through a lot of interviews. You have to do a lot of different physicals to make sure you are not sick. You have to have enough money in the bank to make sure you don't come to the U.S. to get on welfare 
and they have to make sure you don't come to the U.S. and bring any diseases. They have to make sure you have no criminal background. So it's like a lot of like background checks and testing and all these things and a lot of money that goes into it. And then you get approved. So then we won the green card lottery like that. We moved to the U.S. straight to Los Angeles. And then after, so I had a green card. And then five years later, I took the citizenship test and I became a citizen. That must have been a crazy experience for you to go through. Like, did you guys feel like you had won the lottery? Like, were you guys wanting to come to the U.S. or what? No, I mean, I was born and raised here, so I don't get the appeal. Yeah, but when you're a kid, you you don't want to leave anywhere, like, let alone a different country that you speak that speaks a different language. Like, I like I don't think as a kid you understand how lucky you are because I know everyone's like, oh, the American dream. But when you're a kid, you're just like, I have friends here. Like, I don't want to leave. Yeah, and then you moved to Los Angeles. And so, did, how old were you again? 14, 15? Yeah, 14 when I moved to the U.S. And then you had to learn English for the first time? Well, like, I knew some English because of what my dad did. He traveled a lot for work. He was just never around, hence daddy issues. So he would just be away for work a lot, and then we'd come home for, like, a month. And then there was a few times where he would take us with him. It's not because he, at one point, was working on a ship as an engineer. So he would take us for, like, a month to sail with him on the ship. So that's why I'm really good with ship stuff. And I don't get seasick. You're good with ship stuff. What do you mean? Like, you know what's going on? Yeah. And like, I don't get seasick. My sister and her, my mom do, but I, me and my dad were like good. Cause like we would spend like a month or two on a ship. Just say, Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So I think, uh, luckily that helped me learn English like that. And also in school, we learned some English and in school, we also learned Arabic, which I used to be fluent with anymore. Um, and then in, so in the U S but like, I still moved and I was pretty foreign and immigrant. Like there was a lot of words I didn't know. Like, okay, here's a good example of something that happened to me in ninth grade of me being super foreign. Tell me. Okay. (laughs) This is really embarrassing. Okay. So I was super sheltered when I lived in where I lived in Israel. Cause it wasn't just like, I didn't live in a big city. I lived in a small town and we're really sheltered. And like, no one taught you about sex ed. Like one day, I think before I left my school, they did like one sex video class and it was kind of explaining where babies come from something like that so like at this point I literally have I've never kissed a boy I have no understanding of what even happens with with people when they have sex or the other things they do so I go straight to like ninth grade and I start to hear the cool girls and you know American schools are very different they're just more advanced sexually Los Angeles I can't even imagine Yeah. So I start to hear the cool girls, some cool girls are older than me say things like, oh, I've done everything except kissing. And I just thought there was only kissing and sex. Like, I didn't know there was anything in between because I'm so, you know, sheltered. But I, I've never kissed a guy before, but I didn't know, I didn't want people to know that. So I was just like, oh, I'll just say, it's weird that people say I've done everything except sex. If it's just kissing, but I'll just say that too. And, and then these guys found out like this new freshman that just came into school she's done everything except sex and I don't even understand and I'm so foreign like I barely speak English my tits are already super large like I moved to America and the milk here was just god <laughs> like this girl's so awkward she doesn't speak English I'm gonna give her tits and like at 12 <laughs> at, at 14 I already had like almost like d's and like freshman year so I'm like this tall blonde girl doesn't speak English huge ass titties <laughs> <laughs> and then they find out I've done everything except sex because that's what I say that I've done because I don't I don't really understand English. So then guys started to give me a nickname called Domer, and I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> they were like somebody would like knock on my head on my forehead and be like Domer, and I'd be like, "That's so cute! I even have a nickname now. Like I fit in, like I fit in America so well." <laughs> I'm Domer. <laughs> Yes, I am a domer. Like, I didn't even know what that meant. It was so funny. Um, So, yeah, I was popular in ninth grade for, like, a second until they found out I wasn't a domer. So then I stopped being popular that year, but that's okay. That's so cute. Oh, my gosh. A domer. That's so funny. I remember I was really innocent, too. Like, not to that extent. Like, I kind of started to learn what things were. But, like, whenever I was a freshman, so the same age as you, I was in ninth grade, and everybody was, like, already having sex and like messing around and all this stuff. And like, all I had done was like, I had my first makeout like a year before. And so I was like, Oh, I really probably should like try this. Like I should probably get a little experience because I'm starting to feel really lame. And so there was like this guy who's on the soccer team and 
I was like at a party one night. I'm so sorry, dad, if you're listening to this. Um, and I was at a party one night and yeah, it was, I, I understood that it was time for me to perform oral on him. And I had no idea what I was supposed to do. And so I just like was licking it <laughs> and I was like, am I doing this right? And it, I don't know, it kind of went nowhere after that. Like I, I definitely, definitely did not finish or anything. It was just like, let me do it myself. And then he just did himself. <laughs> I'll do it. I don't even remember like what happened, but I remember the next day at school, like I didn't think any, I was just like, oh, like tell my girlfriends like, yeah, I, I, I attempted to try this. It, it didn't really work out. I didn't know what I was doing. And it was kind of embarrassing. And then the, I walk past the soccer team and I'm like with some of my girlfriends, I walk past the soccer team and they're like across the parking lot and they all yell at me, Hey, Demi, am I doing it right? And I was like, no, he told everyone. And I swear to God for a year, that whole year, every day, those soccer boards, I'd have to walk past them because we were going to different classes and we just, every time we saw each other and they'd all say, Demi, am I doing it right? And that was so embarrassing. That's so funny and so mean. Did you end up dating that guy? <laughs> oh, no, absolutely not. But of course, he slid into the DMs, like, especially now. Like, I'm like, dude, That's come on, that was not great. Leave me alone. I'm 25 years old now. It's been over 10 years. And you embarrassed me and humiliated me for my entire freshman year of high school. That's so funny. That reminds me of, like, have you ever seen uh, Friends? Yeah. So there was that one episode of uh, Chandler who meets this girl who he knew when in like fifth grade and he like made some joke about her or like give, gave her a nickname that stuck with her forever. And like he thought she was like over it because it was in fifth grade. But then she like she like took off his pants in the bathroom or something and made him wear her thong and then stole his clothes in the bathroom <laughs> of a restaurant. And then she was like, that's for like pantsing me or doing whatever in fifth grade. And he was like, are you kidding me? That was in fifth grade. And she goes, okay, well call me in 20 years and see if you're over this. Something like that. Also, I, I don't even know if I've seen that one. I've seen a lot of friends, but not every single one, but that's good. And that's yeah. what deserved because guys really don't understand how traumatizing that is. Like, especially whenever you're trying stuff for the first time or like, you know, it's like, come on, be a little forgiving. Like it gave me head anxiety for years. Like I wasn't trying to go down on anybody. I still to this day don't really like it, but I like, I do it and I've gotten pretty great at it. I think. I love it. If it's someone I'm dating, like someone I'm really into. I do not No, no randoms get that. No, it has no. to be I'm dating, but yeah, I, I love it. Like it turns me on. Yeah. Because I know that they love it so much. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not what your roommates or neighbors are listening to. A great pair of wireless earbuds are a necessity to everyone. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing and smooth as the other brands you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet, with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice, noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, perfect for conference calls or binging podcasts, like mine. I personally love Raycon earbuds because they fit so nicely in my ears and provide great sound quality. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems to distract you or anyone else during video calls. Raycon was founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg and Cardi B are obsessed with Raycons. You have to pick up a pair and see what all the hype is about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com demi. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y. C-O-N dot com slash Demi for 15% off. Oh, okay. So since we're talking about like dating and stuff, have you been dating anyone since quarantine? Uh, yeah, no one has stopped. No one I liked. I swear, like, I'm just so over dating. <laughs> like, have you been dating? <laughs> well, me and my boyfriend broke up during quarantine. Oh, yeah. Terrible. But like we were, I was with him every single day. We quarantined together. Probably a very, very terrible way to handle it. And I think it's funny your podcast is called Too Tired to Be Crazy because I'm like, I'm so tired and I'm a lunatic. Like I, I am really, really crazy. I'm a little bit psycho, but like he was too. 
So we could like understand where each other was coming from and just be like, hey, like go take a walk. Like you need to breathe and like get out of your head for a second. Um, I don't know. It's like, I can't even tell anymore. Like I used to think I was good at this dating stuff. At this point, I can't even tell what the games are, like what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong. I feel like it's like you either, it's like at this point, I feel like it's so lost because you're either supposed to date even though you like one guy, you're supposedly supposed to date a bunch of other people, so you don't really get too attached to this person. But then if that person knows you're dating other people, then they get insecure. But then you're really like, no, bro, I just like, I just wanted you. But I thought I was supposed to do yeah. that. I'm, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Or like someone tries to hang out with you every day. And you, in the beginning, you're like, well, I'm not supposed to hang out with them every day. Like I, I have to look like I'm busy. You try to pretend like you're busy for a second or you really are. Then they like find someone else. And you just like, hold up. Like, can someone tell me what the rules are? It's seriously, it's so like that. And it's, there's so many games. And like, I, I'm a very big stickler on like, if it feels right, I'm going to go for it. Like if I'm enjoying it and I can tell that they're reciprocating it, they want to hang out every day, I'm going to do it. But then now later on, it comes to bite me in the ass. And it's like, okay, maybe you shouldn't have been hanging out with them every day. And maybe it would have worked better if you did it healthy and had enough space. But it's like, but it was so good. Like, you know, you're having so much fun. And then it's like, okay, now do I wait to text you back? Do I, you know, like what, how do I play this game to where you want me forever? <laughs> and then, I, and the whole thing with like them, like, uh, like you're supposed to date other people and then they get jealous and insecure. And you're like, no, I was only like, I want you the most. I was just like trying to, and the, they, don't list, they don't even believe you. I was literally they don't really, believe you. It kills me. I, I think in some ways, maybe it has to do if you have followers, they get more insecure with that. But like I was dating someone and then we ended it on Monday and then yesterday was Sunday and he posted some new girl. He ended it because he was like, I just feel like you deserve better than me and I need to get my shit together. I'm just not ready for a girlfriend. That was Monday. And then Sunday he posted pictures with some girl being like, I think I found the one. <laughs> I was like, last night. And I was just like, I literally saw that I, I, my brain had to process because I was like, did they just meet? Because he was like, I'm the kind of guy, I have to take it slow. We're, we're moving too fast. And I was like, okay. Thinking like, we'll still work it out. And that's why they tell you. That's why there's a saying that says, when someone tells you you deserve better, believe them before you stick around and they show you exactly what they meant. Because I stayed around for a few more days and I found out exactly what it meant when he told me I deserve better. That he's a piece of shit. <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. That's what you meant. Got it. That's so crazy. That's like almost exactly the conversation that I had with my ex-boyfriend right before we broke. Like I broke up with him and I was like, that's it. I'm done. And then like every other day I was like, I miss you. I want you like, come over. Let's like all this that's stuff. So me. <laughs> and then uh, I would be like, okay, like I want to be back. I want to get back together with you and stuff. And he was like, no, I, I don't want to do that because like, he's like, you are so amazing and you're the best girlfriend ever. And you're so loyal and you're so beautiful and you're a freak in the bedroom. Like you're every guy's dream. And I'm like, that's not mine. But not yours. <laughs> like what? what? What do you mean? And he's a lot of my ego too. And so I'm like, wait, wait, what do you mean? Like, you don't want to be with me. I, I broke up with you. You should be wanting to be with me still. And he's like, no, like, I, I really need to focus on myself. And like, it's, I'm, I know it's cliche, but it's not you. It's me. And like all this stuff. And I'm like, whatever, go get your dick sucked then. Right. Exactly. It was like, you're dating other guys, Bob. And I was like, well, if you would have just told me that you want to just ask, he goes, well, how many other guys right now are you going to have in your house? Like having this conversation with that you just want them. And I was like, no, I swear. Like, I just want you. And even when we left, I texted him because when we, when he left my house, he was like, um, the, the guy that's going to get to have you is going to be so <laughs> nice. I was like, oh, I thought it was going to be you. <laughs> like, like, hey, it could still be you. It could literally still be you. Like, what are you talking about? It could literally be you. If you just, I was like, I just want you. I don't want anyone else. No response. And then Sunday rolls around. He purposely makes his profile public because he was private before, so I couldn't see it. Makes it public and then posts that story. Of course, I'm going to see it. And I was like, great, I'm great. If I was already sad this weekend, let me add this on the list. Dude, that's so funny and sad and so f***ed up. Like, it, it literally is like that. And I'm like, what kind of game are you playing? Like, you want to be with me or you don't, but you want to be jealous over everything I'm doing, but you don't want to be with me. Like, I think it's a control issue. They just want to yeah. have 
control over you. And I think it's also an ego thing. I think sometimes when you break up, like some people are more prone to doing the breakup and then, then getting back together, which I think you and I are prone to it, which means we probably have been in toxic relationships. And that's probably like our toxic trade. And then some people are less prone to it. So then when you do break up with them, we may think it's not a big deal to us. Because we're just like, oh, I was in the heat of the moment. I just was upset. But to them, it's like, oh, she dumped me. So to them, it's just they're processing it differently. And they don't see it the way we do. So it's still harder for them to get back to normal. I think that's what a lot of times it tends to be. Because that's what happened to me and this guy, I think. He still yeah. sucks, though. But yeah. Yeah. And it, it sucks. It sucks so much because it's like, yeah, it was in the heat of the moment. I was angry. And I was trying to, like, set a boundary. But I guess I didn't do it in a healthy way because I just was like, whatever, I'm done with you. Don't talk to me. But then I was like, next day, like, okay, talk to me now. Like, let's let's mend this. But it's like, like you said, toxic relationships. And for some reason, I'm like addicted to them. Like, I don't know. I guess it's because I can just be my full-blown crazy self, which I shouldn't feed into. But you know? I think maybe you should also change the, change how you talk about yourself. Because like, I feel like it's so, we made it so normal for women to call ourselves crazy or like, oh, or like, you know, the minute I act up, sometimes I'm like, oh, I just realized again, I got, I'm getting my period. And it's like such an excuse that we don't even realize that we're just like trying to say why we're feeling the way we're feeling. Because women, when we grow up, we're told that we're not supposed to be angry. It's a, it's a gross emotion. And that's why a lot of times we, when we get angry, we don't know how to act. And it almost like feels anxiety. Men, it's like you tell them, it's okay to be angry. Yes, you're a man, get angry. And I think that's the difference. So then when I get angry, I'll start crying because I don't know how to react because we're, we're not trained. Yeah, that's such a good way of looking at it. And I, I actually really appreciate you saying that because I haven't looked at it like that before. I'm always just like, yeah, I'm a psycho bitch. Like, that's just who I am. Instead no, of, you have, no, I have emotions. And like you said, I'm not trained in knowing how to handle them. And so whenever I get angry, I feel the same way. Like, I either want to, if like somebody makes me feel small and I'm angry, I want to make them feel small back because I don't know how to handle it. And I'm like, that feels like what I'm supposed to do. Like, it's it's not good. It's not correct. But it's like, if I could just be like, no, this made me angry and I'm not cool with this. And no human should be cool with this or expected to be. And that should like be where I take it to and have like a line. You feel ashamed of having those feelings. So then you do the next thing, which is the anger. Because anger is not a real emotion. It stems from pain. And I think as long as you always understand, like, am I angry right now? Am I hurt? Oh, I'm hurt. Why am I hurt? Because this person made me feel like this. And that made me feel unsafe. Like, that person's supposed to make me feel safe. That person's supposed to make me feel loved. And I don't feel safe right now. And that's why I'm reacting the way I am. So I think I, I have moments where I react with anger and I still know it's wrong, but we're only human. But I feel like I talk myself into it to be like, oh, I'm, I'm hurting. Like, this is pain. But don't, don't downplay your emotions and always be like, well, it's, I'm crazy. Because then you're also taking away the, the blame from the other person when they did something wrong. The right away you'd be like, well, you cheated on me, but then I got so like effing crazy. It's like, then it's like, it's your fault. No, you did something hurtful and I reacted because I'm human. I, whether I'm a woman or a man, I'm allowed to feel. And I reacted because I felt something. It hurts. Yeah, I'm definitely going to take that forward with me. That was really, really yeah. good advice. Staying at home can really put your brain in a funk. I was feeling uninspired and uncreative until I heard about online learning communities. Join an online learning community and work that brain. I recently got a new membership to my new favorite online learning community, Skillshare. They have thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. They provide the opportunity to explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and spark your creativity. Currently in our world, there are so many important conversations happening, and your voice is more essential than ever. On Skillshare, you can explore classes to unlock your creativity for social good. These creative classes that Skillshare offers are designed for real life. These lessons can help you stay inspired, express yourself, and introduce you to a community of millions. I personally have started the class Design Great Stuff, How to Make Merch with Draplin, hosted by Aaron Draplin. It's a very interesting class about taking a design from your mind and making it into merch. I love creating something that is entirely my own, and it is so exciting to learn about the steps you have to take to get the satisfaction of actually holding it in your hands. The class provides great information about how to make a vision come to reality. It's not just about creating logos. It's about making shirts, hats, and more. This class embodies the idea of creating your very own merchandise that you started straight from your brain. Skillshare provides many classes like this, and their membership is so valuable in finding your creativity again. 
While we stay at home, Skillshare provides a great way to find inspiration in different aspects of your life. Skillshare offers membership with meaning. There is so much to explore, projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. And there's no need to be intimidated. Skillshare has classes to fit your schedule and skill level. In-person classes and workshops are always so pricey. Skillshare is incredibly affordable. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. Explore your creativity and get two months free of premium membership at Skillshare.com slash Demi. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com slash Demi. That's two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at Skillshare.com slash Demi. That's S-K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E dot com slash Demi. too well while I have you here and you're so wonderful at it um so how do you cope with whenever like you're going through this too right now because you like just stopped talking to this person like how how do you get over someone because it's so hard for me to get over my ex right now I think about him every day I dream about him every night and it's like killing me and it's like sometimes I feel like oh I, I don't want anything to do with him like we broke up for a good reason like I wasn't happy anyway like we weren't good for each other and then other times I'm like maybe uh, that's the best I'm ever going to get. And maybe I made a big mistake and maybe I will do anything to try to get him back. Like I'm just like so all over the place with it. And I, I know now, like in this moment where I'm at, I'm like, I need to just move on because that's what he's trying to do. Like he's trying to have his cake and eat it too. Of course. Like he's like, I want to move on and date other people, but like, I always want you in my life and I love you and you're my family and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like, how close are you guys as a family? You're like, you're like a sister to me, but, like, I still want to f*** you. <laughs> Ew, I don't know. He probably just wasn't me because the sex was so good. Um, I think the best way is that, and I feel like I tried to explain to my brain, there was this one guy that I dated at the beginning of the year that it took, it was really hard for me to take it when we didn't work out, even though we did date for, like, a, a, a long period of time, and I felt like he was the last chapter of all my f- boy dating life and because I'm, I'm overly poetic so like I was like that's my last chapter and I feel like I'm going to learn a lot from it and it's the last time that I'm going to allow anyone to question me myself because every time I date someone it doesn't work out regardless how long we dated for I lose myself I don't know who I am anymore and I just like my validation has to do with how they feel about me I'm exactly that are you a Pisces no I'm a Scorpio oh I'm a Pisces with a Scorpio rising <laughs> Oh, I'm a Pi- I'm a Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio with a Libra rising. I think interesting, but I guess yeah. But I think it doesn't mean anything. It's about it's all about your moon. Your moon is your feelings. Your Mars mm-hmm. is how how you argue and how you have sex, and then your Venus is how you love. Your Mercury is how you communicate. What is your um, moon and your Mercury? Wait, which one is my My moon is how I, my feelings, and this is Capricorn, so my feelings are a bit detached and work-related. It's, I'm always behind to understand how I feel. My Mercury is how I communicate, which is in Scorpio, so my communication is very obsessive, and sometimes can hurt, and to the point, so it hurts people's feelings sometimes. My Venus is how I love, which is Libra, which means that I love in a very, sometimes shallow way, where um, I love, like, grand gestures and gifts, and I always have a crush on someone, and I lose myself in people, and I change myself a little bit for each partner that I date. And then my Mars is how I argue and how I have sex, which is in Aries. So meaning my anger is just like crazy extreme. And then I get over it within two seconds. And it also means I'm great in bed. I love that. My, um, my Mars is in Leo. So another fire sign. So we're kind of lining up. I love that. <laughs> this is why, yeah, I get so angry and then I can get over it so quick. I'm like, okay, come on, let's just move on from that. Like, let's pretend like that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So I think like now, if you start changing the perspective and like, figuring out how to get back into loving yourself, you will start to understand that when you love yourself, you deserve someone that loves you the way you love yourself. And I think also as you get older, you start to look at why would I fight for this person? Like if this is not my right person, then like, why am I wasting my time on this? Like that means my right person is somewhere out there. So that's what I should be focusing on. Like that's who I should look for. Cause if it was supposed to happen. It, it, it would have, 
You know, when you first broke up with your boyfriend, he clearly wasn't giving you what you wanted. And it's unfortunate that we always like start to backtrack. And then we're always like, well, maybe overreact about that. It's like, no, it must have been for the right reason. Like, it must have been correctly because like the guy I just ended it with, I ended it with him. Then I was questioning myself. And then look what he did to me Sunday. And I was like, oh, okay, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It all makes sense. Like, I totally feel you too on the whole, like losing yourself to somebody like I, I, after this breakup, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I didn't focus on my career. I didn't focus on myself. I was just trying to be the perfect partner for somebody. And like my entire brain was just like encapsulated by this being instead of my own. And I really struggle with that. So I think it's cool that you say to learn how to love yourself because I stopped loving myself because I was putting all of my love into somebody else. Yeah. And then it makes you feel like, well, why am I not good enough for this person? Or like, why, why can he appreciate me or see what, what I have to offer? And it's like, well, why do you feel like you're not good enough for yourself that you're allowing all your worth depend on this other person? Like you, people have loved you throughout your life and people are going to continue to love you. And like, you are an amazing person. You just have to see like, First of all, you have to look at it. How amazing it was it that you are able to be so loving and to give so much to another person? Like how lucky are they that they got to experience it? And how lucky is the next person going to be when they get to experience all of your love? Like don't ever make someone make you feel like you're too much. Like you're not crazy or bash or crazy, whatever. You guys just didn't communicate right because it wasn't your person. The next person, if he sees you getting crazy or whatever you call it, that, that person is probably going to be like, hold on, Demi, let's talk about it. Let's sit down. Let's have a grown-up conversation. Let's figure out what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, why is it so much to ask for what you need or, like, to feel love? Like, we shouldn't feel guilty if we love differently than another person. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so hard because it's so easy to, like, talk myself into being, like, well, nobody, like, you know, like you just said, if somebody sees me, like, getting upset and it's like, hey, let's talk about this. I'm like, what if that person doesn't exist? What if it's me? What if I'm the problem? What if I like, you know, I don't know. I'm just so quick to blame myself. And so it's hard to get out of that train of thought. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, this thing literally happened last night and I'm still processing it. (laughs) If I like literally went on a hike today, I mean, something bad happened to me on Friday. Like I was going through a friendship breakup. Then I went through like a business breakup and then Sunday the thing happened with the guys. And then I was just like, I can't breathe. <laughs> it's too much. And then like today, uh, this morning, I went on a hike because exercise is good for your mental health. And literally while hiking, I started bawling. And then I was just like, I feel like I looked crazy, but I was like, it's okay. Like these emotions are necessary. And of course, in that moment, like, I'm like, how am I not good enough for this person? Like, how did they not see me? And I'm like, V, it doesn't matter what they're seeing. Like it's it matters how you're seeing yourself. Like this person did you a favor. He showed you exactly who he was. It's just like your ex is showing you exactly who he is. And like, you have to believe them. Like this is who they are and you have to believe them. And you have to believe yourself that you are a loving person. And like, you do deserve love. Like, why do you think you don't deserve love that your ex-boyfriend is the only one that's able to give you the love you think you need? I don't know, man. He was really hot. (laughs) Yeah, and that's you making jokes. Let's talk about your feelings. <laughs> Tell me what you really feel. Put me in my place. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I think that um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, like having abandonment issues, like having a bad mother, like, you know, growing up and stuff and not having her there and like loving me the way I so desperately begged her to and like, you know, always wanting attention from her, like just her love and her Uh, time and everything and so then it left me kind of like I don't know it's just like whenever somebody does love me I'm like so attached to that and especially if it's the kind of love where it's like I I know that they aren't like just completely in submission to me like they challenge me still so it like keeps it interesting but like whenever I I feel like now I've lost that and so it scares me because I'm like what if I never find that again um because I, it's hard for me to like really be interested in somebody for a long period of time. A lot of the time, like I kind of get over it quickly. Cause I'm like, Oh no, like this is either too much or like, you know, I'm, I'm too selfish for a relationship right now or something like that. But whenever I like met my match and it was like, okay, like this person makes me feel like so special and so loved and valued. And like, I'm kind of valuing myself over the way that they're loving me, which is not how I should do it. And then it's like, Oh no, like what if I never find that again? 
And now I don't have this person telling me how much they love me every single day. But what if you started telling yourself how much you love yourself every single day? You're going to make me cry. (laughs) You're going to make me cry. It's so hard because I'm like... I don't know. I just always question myself. Like, and I always want to be better and I want to do better and I want to be a better person. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm not being the best person I could be. And so then I'm like, maybe I'm the problem and maybe I I need to learn how to love myself more instead of criticizing myself so much. If it makes you feel better, like whatever emotions you're going through, like you're completely not alone. Like even I'm I feel like I'm really good at being better and loving myself. And even last night when I'm like another one bites the dust, because I also have abandonment issues. Like I was crying to myself and um, I was like, <laughs> this is so embarrassing to admit, but I was like praying to God. And I was just like, can you like, I am so sick of people like coming into my life and like leaving me. I can't handle it. Like, Please stop bringing people. They're just going to keep abandoning me. Like, why am I not, like, worth it for someone to stick around? I'm sorry. (laughs) We're both crying. (laughs) It's so real. Yeah, but I literally was, like, I I was, like, ugly crying. Like, please, I can't handle more people abandoning me. Like, please make it stop. Like, my heart can't handle it. But anyway, (laughs) you just... I'll never abandon you. (laughs) I won't. I want to come over right now. I hate that I have to leave tomorrow. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. I'll never abandon you either. Well, actually, I'm your perfect match. I know. Seriously, I think we're going to be best friends now. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I'm so happy I had this um, session because, like, I literally just wanted to stay in bed today and be sad, and I did not want to get out of bed, and that's the honest truth. And And then – like when I was putting on makeup, because I thought this would, you know, show my art faces. <laughs> I was like, tra- I was practicing and training myself and how to fake it. You know, I was like, V, just don't cry. Don't cry. And like, when I was even putting my makeup, I would like get in tears. And I'd be like, okay, don't cry. Stop. And it sucks how like, we always have to be so perfect for like the internet or for entertainment in general. When in reality, like, damn, I'm just like going through it today. But it makes me feel better knowing that you're also going through it. So I'm not alone. And I had no idea you were going through it either. I thought that you were going to just like, you know, put it down on me and be like, girl, get over him or something. And I'm like, so glad that like, we can actually have a real conversation about relating about how hard it is and like, how much rejection does hurt and like, how much we are scared of like, you know, people abandoning us and like, you know, losing love or any of those things or not being loved. And uh, it's just, it's hard out there. And everyone, I don't know, I feel a lot of pressure to be some like bad bitch who doesn't like ever get upset about guys. And I just like, I'm taking over the world and stuff. And it's like, no, I'm a human. Like I get heartbroken. I hurt. I don't know how to deal with a lot of my emotions. And I think more refreshing to hear about that instead of hearing about like, Oh, just get over it and go f- some other dude. And it's like, I personally can like, I first need to deal with my emotions. That's one thing that I've learned. And I do feel embarrassed. Like I'm embarrassed that I even am. I'm even sweating over this guy, but I know deep down it has more to do with my emotional issues, which is the abandonment issues and things like that. than it is about that person, you know, and yeah. we may never get over those abandonment issues. And I think, as long as we're able to experience it, we cry it out, talk to a parent that you love to makes you feel better, talk to a friend, like, or like even relate with each other, help us better. Cause like, you know, you're not alone. Like I'm here <laughs> for you. You got each other now. And you'll find someone that, that's never going to leave you. Like that's the whole end game. I mean, you're going to keep dating. You're going to keep dating to break up until you end up finding the person that you're going to end up with. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's so hard, but it's nice to know that I, I have someone like you who can like help me through that. I'm, I hope you know you're never losing me and I'm not going anywhere. And now I'm going to get your phone number and I'm probably going to have to call you every day to talk about it. You have to mean it. I can't handle more lives. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best. Oh, I need people like you in my life. Okay. <laughs> it's so funny. I knew, I was like wondering if you're a Pisces. I knew you're a Pisces. It's so funny. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a little emotional baby, and I cover it up with this bad girl mentality, like, persona, you know, like this front, like I'm a bad bitch who can't be touched. But really, I'm like, I'm crying myself to sleep. I'm like so insecure. Like, I I think like I, I fake it till I make it whenever I have to. But it's so refreshing to have a person who you can just be real and vulnerable with, and not worry about them judging you. No, yeah, I agree. But I think as long as like. 
I'm happy that we're able to have this open dialect and conversation where we're talking about emotions to make other people feel like they're normal. So then they don't have to feel like there's something wrong with them because they did want to cry themselves to sleep or there's something wrong with you because another person, quote unquote, left you versus seeing like, oh, that person did me a favor. Like he left so that he make so I can make room for someone else in my life or like also start with yourself. But even me who already worked so much on myself to love myself and I do love myself on most days, I still have those moments where I break down and I feel like my five-year-old self or 12-year-old self where I felt like abandoned by my certain parents in my life, you know? So it's just like still that experience comes back around and I just want to say like, it's okay. Yeah, like it's not, it's not like you just can change into being one thing. It's not like you can just, you know, go from being like sad to just, yeah. okay, now I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be happy every day and I'm going to be the best version of myself. Like every not day. normal. No, not real. up and down. Our brains are so complicated. So anyway, V, I want to call V now. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, you can call me V. Sorry, I'll to my cat and she's right next to me. You have a cat? Yeah. I'm going to see. Say hi. What's her name? Pancakes. What? Pancakes? Yeah. It's the cutest name I've ever heard. I know. She's so cute. Oh, I love her. Um, well, this has been an amazing conversation. And I think what you're doing is really awesome. I'm really proud of you. And I'm very impressed by you. You guys have got to go check out her Instagram. Uh, what are they there? It's at Daddy Issues. At Daddy Issues underscore, and then at Viola Benson, which is my personal Instagram. And then there's my podcast Instagram, which is Too Tired to Be Crazy. And then my podcast is called Too Tired to Be Crazy, and it's on every Thursday, and it's on every platform. Yeah. Did I say it right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's platform, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, speaking of your Too Tired to Be Crazy, um, will you send me that episode you were talking about that you did like three years ago? Oh, well, the episode wasn't three years ago. The episode's from last year about depression. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, I would love to take a listen to that. But yeah, definitely check out all of her social medias. Uh, she's very entertaining and she keeps up with it amazingly. I'm so inspired by you because I am terrible at content. Um, this has been great and I'm going to get your phone number right now. <laughs> and I'm going to be talking to you. And I'm going to see you soon whenever I get back in town. Yes. Yeah.